Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 941 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today on the podcast, we'll be speaking with Maddie. She's 18 years old, has type 1 diabetes, a couple other things going on, and she trained her own diabetes alert dog. Get the hell out of here, right? It's Craig Craig. Wait to hear how she did it. I mean, after we hear her story. So we'll talk to her a little bit. We'll talk about the dogs then, some other stuff. There's some joking around. You know how these go. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're looking to save 10% off therapy, go to betterhelp.com forward slash juicebox because at that link, you will save 10% off your first month of therapy with BetterHelp. To get five free travel packs and a year supply of vitamin D with your first order, athleticgreens.com forward slash juice box. Get some AG1 with Scotty's link. And to save 35%, 35% off your entire order at cozyearth.com. Just use the offer code juicebox at checkout. All right, you ready? Couple of ads, and we're on our way. Don't skip the ads. Skip the ads. There's no podcast. This episode of the Juice Box Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med. U.S. Med is the place where we get Arden's supplies from. We get diabetes supplies like Dexcom and Omnipod there. But there's more. You can get Tandem, Freestyle, and a lot more. Head over now to usmed.com forward slash juice box to get your free benefits check. Or you can call my special number, 888-721-1514. U.S. Med always provides 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. Get better service and better care at usmed.com forward slash juice box. Hi, I'm Maddie. I've been type 1 diabetic for 11 years. And... I'm just going to talk a little bit about self-training diabetic alert dogs. Okay. Maddie, you being so young ruins all of my fun about your last name. You know that, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're not going to say your last name, but let's, like, what's the, let, all right, we'll listen. We'll, we'll talk around it for a second. First of all, let's, let's say this first. When I was younger, before I had met ladies and thought that I might actually be able to trick one of them into marrying me one day. Um, I wanted to name a baby Madison one day, Like that was the nice. name, that was the name I had picked. It did not work yeah. out for my, my wife did not agree with me apparently, but, um, <laughs> but that was the name that was in my head for years when I was younger. Um, okay. So we're not going to say your last name, Maddie. Okay. But it basically means, let me think. Mostly. Is that what it basically means? Probably. Probably. <laughs> Okay. Do you have brothers? No. Are you with your, does your father live at home? Yes. Do the ladies seem to really love him? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Are, are your mom and dad married? Yeah. Okay. Does your mom seem really happy, Maddie? Well, they have their moments. My dad has a traumatic brain injury, so it's a lot. Oh my God. Did the hit him in the head? What happened? I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> he was in a car accident. Oh, Maddie, I'm so sorry. This isn't fun at all. 
No. No. Well, at least he has that name, which I would wonder. I have to tell you, if my last name was your last name, when I introduced myself, I'd say my last name every time. Like when I walked into a room with people, like my last name is Benner. I'd never say it because bad name. You know what I mean? Actually, both of my names suck. Have you really thought about it? Scott, terrible name, right? It's very curt and terrible, short, meaningless. And then Benner, which gets run over. Like, what did they say? Ben, Ben, what did he say? Brenner? Like, that's how it goes all the time. But if I had your name, I'd walk in there and I'd be like, I am Scott Benner. Damn it, everybody hear it. It's a great name. I hope you have many sons. They will have amazing lives with that name. Don't take your husband's name if you get married, okay? Okay. You make him take that name. Okay. <laughs> if you're getting, if you're thinking that way, but that's none of my business. All right. So you are 18. You were diagnosed 11 years ago, so you were seven when you were diagnosed. Is that right? Oh, it's been 12 years. Wow. You're an only child. Is that correct? I have an older sister. An older sister. Oh, just no brothers. Excuse me. Uh, how old's your sister? She's 25. 25. Does she have any autoimmune stuff? Um, no, she. She's legally blind, but that's not an autoimmune condition. Maddie? Yes? Are there anybody else in your family that if I bring up, you're going to tell something sad about them? (laughs) Probably. Really? My family, everyone in like my immediate family has something, like something medical. No kidding. All right, well, let's go. Hold on, then. Let's pick through it for a second. You, you're Maddie. Yes. You have type 1. Do you have anything else? I have a couple other things. Go ahead, Maddie. Um, Well, I have non-epileptic seizures, so that's fun. I don't, but nothing related, like nothing that came off of type 1. Okay. Um, Non-epileptic seizures? Yeah. They're caused by like an over... Like, my body over-exaggerates stress and anxiety, so I just go into a seizure if I'm overly stressed. No kidding. Yeah. I shouldn't have started That's... with the talk, you think? <laughs> Probably not. Yeah, sorry. Um... Right, let's, you, should we deep breathe together or something? <laughs> no, it's fine. Okay, okay. So, how long have you had those? Um, since October 2019. 2021. Oh, okay. So, it's a, I mean, it's three years, but it's a newer thing. Yeah. How long? Um, Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. How often do they happen? Do you see, like, can you see triggers coming or does it surprise Um, you? Well, my only trigger that I've found is school. Oh, there goes my pump. Um, So my only trigger is, like, school. So I tried college. That didn't work. In high school, they were daily, multiple times a day, lasting upwards of an hour, um, sometimes longer than that. Oh, my God. And I would just kind of learn to to deal with it that's my life they don't happen anywhere other than school so i just don't go to school problem solved um oh maddie you're brilliant aren't you i see what's happening you i'm making air quotes now you have non-epileptic seizures because you know (laughs) and you found a way to get out of school is that what you're telling me (laughs) well i i graduated i walked that stage and i just I had to have a one-on-one to basically be there in case, well, not in case, but when I had a seizure, they would just be there. So the class that had to be stopped. Um, Maddie, but I made. How often do you think that happened in total in the last three years? Thousands upon thousands of times. I mean, at one point I was conscious two to four hours a day and unconscious 20 to 22 hours a day. Wow. Um, whether that was sleeping or seizing, that was my life. 
oh my gosh, um, have you, how have you attacked this from a medical doctor, I imagine, but have you seen like a therapist as well? Yeah, so the only treatment for it is counseling. Okay. So I've, and I've seen a counselor since I was diagnosed with type one. So, you know, I've, I've had treatment for mental health related stuff since I was six. Um, but that is really the only treatment. There's some medication, but it's hit or miss. And I also have vasovagal syncope. So most meds will lower my heart rate too much. And then I pass out from that. So it's like, I can't win with meds. So it's just, for me, it's just counseling. Okay. I'm looking stuff up now. Is this called PNES? Yes. PNES are attacks that may look like epileptic seizures, but are not epileptic and instead are caused by psychological factors. Sometimes a specific traumatic event can be identified. Do you have a trauma that you can look back and see? Not really. That's what makes like my exact case unique is most people have PTSD that triggers these, like that stems these attacks. Um, but I don't, I mean, yes, I've had some somewhat traumatic experience being diagnosed with type one, my father's car accident, those type of things, but nothing really that would relate to school being so stressful that I would seize. Okay. All right. Maddie, I have to tell you, like 99 out of a hundred times, I love that. I don't know anything about people, but there's not a lot I wouldn't give right now to go back into a time machine and not start talking about your last name at the beginning of this. I feel I feel stupid. We're going to get past that. I'm going to try to get past it. You seem like you're past it already. Yeah. Your sister, who's older, legally blind, you said? Yep, and she also has autism. From birth? Um, legally blind from birth and obviously autism from birth. Yeah, I didn't mean. I appreciate I, appre- <laughs> I appreciate you being like, this idiot might not understand autism. But no, I, I, did, I did mean legally blind from birth. Okay, so she's yeah. legally... How old is she? She's 25. And she was diagnosed with whatever her eye condition is at three months. Oh, gosh. Your parents are together? Yeah. So her dad's, her dad and my mom separated and um, five years later, five, six years later, then they got married and then had me a year later. Okay. So your father and her father are two different men. Yes. Got it. Um, yeah. I was like, I, I know a lot of guys and I was like, wait, your father stuck around? Like most guys are just hard, you know. Yeah, I mean, Maddie. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, okay. Other people in your family. Your father has traumatic brain injury, but that's from an auto accident. A car accident. Okay. Yeah. Um, how about your sister's father? Does he have anything going on that you know about? Not that I never met him, so I have no idea. Okay. Your mom. She has. Um, a brain tumor. Uh, seriously? So that's fun. Yeah. Uh, they found it because she had meningitis several years ago, and then that's when they found it. Um, but it hasn't grown, so they don't think it's going to do anything, but it's definitely something that, like, you know, you have to watch for. Um, so she has to get, like, brain scans every year or two or something like that to measure to see if the tumor's grown or anything, which it hasn't. In the last, it's changed shape, but it hasn't grown at all. Okay. And does she have any ill effects from it or is it just there? Nope. 
it's just there. And her doctor said a lot of people actually, when they die, they find them, like they find out that they have this tumor, but it never affected them at all in their life. But since she had meningitis and was getting MRIs and stuff, that's when they found that's it. That's how they found it. I must have a stupid bone somewhere. I bet you'll find that when they do an autopsy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you know. You listen to this podcast, Maddie? Um, not as much as I wish I did, but I do listen, like, probably once or twice a month. What, are you busy? You got, like, work or something? Yeah, I, yeah. I work. Um, I'm a dog groomer, and I work all the time, and it's exhausting. Have you considered... So, but when I get home, I just go go to sleep for, yeah, like, no. three hours, wake up, eat dinner, and go back to sleep. I understand. Have you considered quitting your job so you can listen to the podcast more? <laughs> No. Think about it. Let me know what you come up with. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not everything's I about mean, you, I mean, I love the podcast. I just never have to listen like, to the full episodes. That's what I'm saying. But everything's not about you. You know? So think of me yeah. once in a while. I have bills. True, true. Seriously. Your downloads could be the difference between me having a good day and a better day. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the handling, just in your, in your immediate family, the four of you, how... I imagine it's been long enough now that these things are all commonplace in your life. But as yeah. they as they get sprinkled in one after the other, is there not the feeling of like Jesus, what's next? I mean, not really. Wow. Because I'm just so used to like one after another at this point that I'm like, well, this is my life. This is how I'm going to live and I'm not going to like make like I'm gonna make sure like i control my life and not my illnesses good for you i'm always really uplifted when i speak to people like you i did an episode a couple of weeks ago it's not out yet doesn't matter you'll not you won't listen to it but um <sighs> with a quadriplegic who yeah you know uh became a quad by like a medical mistake which is already just terrible and then, yeah. and then a handful of years later, it gets type one diabetes. Just really, That's, and she's got such a great attitude. And uh, I just, I, I look, I'm sick, Maddie. I've got like, I think I got what they call the RSV, respiratory something, yeah. something, right? I am walking around this house complaining, like someone drove a metal spike through my thigh. You know what I mean? I'm like, ah, when is this going to stop? This isn't fair. I started philosophizing with my wife the other day. She's sick, by the way. My poor wife has this and COVID at the same time, I think. She's doubly ill. She's been ill for weeks. And I'm yeah. standing there trying to have an existential conversation about why do illnesses even exist? And she's like, <laughs> shut up. And so yeah. I'm assuming if any of the things that happened to the people in your life happened to me, she'd probably, she'd probably kick me out, don't you think? <laughs> I would never stop complaining. I, I just, first of all, Maddie, I love to complain like a sport. I don't, I don't even yeah. complain to complain. I just love the practice of it. Some people know what I'm talking about. You're not one of them. Um, okay. How is it managing your type one diabetes? And I'm fascinated. Managing type one doesn't pressure you. I mean, not enough to make I, you have a seizure. Yeah. But right. like my seizures are definitely like, there's a certain type of stress that triggers them. It's not like, oh, I my blood sugar is so high, I don't know why, and like this is stressful. It's not like that. It's like the most random, stupid thing that you wouldn't think would trigger someone to have any anxiety, or like that severe of anxiety, 
mm-hmm. like the school in general, just too many stimuli around me and everything like that. Like that's what triggered me. Um, so like managing type one doesn't, I mean, I lived with it more than half my life. Um, I mean, 12 years. So I'm just so used to it by now that I know, like, I just not really what to expect because obviously you never really know what to expect day by day, but, um, I just deal with it how I have to. And some days that's, you know, sitting in my room crying because I don't want to be type one anymore. And other days that's, um, doing like public speeches on different, like I did a public speech at a library. No one showed up, but that's not the point. Um, I went there and I had everything ready and I did a presentation to the person that organized it. And it was about service dogs and disability awareness. And so that's like doing those type of things is my outlet. And that's like helping people, helping other people base my outlet. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Maddie, are you trying to be my favorite person? Cause I, I'm on a lot of cold medicine right now, but you, you made me cry. That was, <laughs> was really lovely. Uh, I commend you for showing up at that event and, and giving your presentation to one person. I think that's really, yeah. wonder, it's really wonderful. Oh my God. You're going to make me cry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> hold on. I need that time machine. We got to stop. They got to go back and cut that stuff out. Oh. Um, jeez. Do you think the cold medicine's making me weepy? What's going on? <laughs> it's that Advil cold and sinus. You know, you can't buy that much of it because they think you're making meth with it. Yeah. Yeah. You got to give me your driver's license. Yeah, you have the ID just for cold meds. Yeah. But but if you buy one tablet and one liquid gel, they don't bother you, but you can't buy two tablets. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Do people, do you think people are like, wait, you can make meth out of cold medicine? Are people hearing this for the first time? Some of them, I imagine, right? Probably a few okay. people. Anyway, that's why you have to give your your ID when you buy certain medications at a pharmacy because they want to make sure you're not Breaking Bad somewhere. Is that an old reference, or did Breaking Bad hold up in Netflix? I never watched it, so mm-hmm. yeah. Then apparently, it's a terrible reference, Maddie. Okay. Um, if I asked you questions about school and what makes the seizures. You can answer the questions right now. They wouldn't bother you. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have answers for you, though, because we don't even know what exactly triggers them at school. Yeah. No, I'm not going to. We just schools. I'm sorry, Maddie. I'm not going to ask you the questions. I just wanted to know, like, if I did, if I started grilling you, like, hey, so when when does it happen? When you get there, when you saw a certain teacher, when you're in it, like, you'd be able to talk about it right now. You wouldn't have any trouble. Yeah. That's fascinating. Okay. You said that when you were younger, you had some other psychological illness that you were dealing with. What was that? U.S. Med takes over 800 private insurances and Medicare nationwide. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and they're the place that Arden gets her supplies from. Arden gets her Omnipod Dash and her Dexcom G7 from U.S. Med. But they also carry Omnipod 5, Tandem T-Slim X2, Freestyle Libre 2 and Libre 3, and the Dexcom G6. Holy Hannah! They also have syringes and insulin and testing supplies at US Med. They're the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre systems nationwide. 
the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, the number one fastest growing tandem distributor, and the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. Holy moly, better service and better care at usmed.com forward slash juice box. US Med has, get this, listen to what I'm gonna say. US Med has helped over 1 million people with diabetes since 1996, and they'd love to help you too. Call 888-721-1514 or go to the link usmed.com forward slash juice box. Use the phone number or the link to get your free benefits check and then you'll be on your way to getting your supplies just like Arden from US Med. Are you looking for somewhere online to talk with other people who have type 1 diabetes, maybe some type 2s, maybe some people who have gestational or I don't know, they're the parents of kids with diabetes? I've got the spot for you. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. It's a private group with 40,000 members. It's a wonderful place, and I think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. It's completely free, as is everything with the podcast. The podcast shouldn't cost you money. The Facebook group shouldn't cost you money. We don't give you a little bit of information in an episode and then send you to another place to pay for more later. We don't do that crap. This Facebook group is terrific. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. A private group so you answer a couple of questions that prove you're a person and the next thing you know you're having conversations or reading conversations about the things that matter to you most there are links to us med the private facebook group and all the sponsors in the show notes of the podcast player you're listening in right now or you can find those same links at juiceboxpodcast.com let's get back to maddie and find out how she trained that dog by herself I don't know. Is that what not? You're talking about. Oh, then I misheard you again. The ad <laughs> yeah. cold and sinus. Um, I thought you said that earlier when you were younger, you had something else you were dealing with. I'm sorry. Just being diagnosed with type one, and then my dad's car accident. Okay, those things. Well, those are those are big things. Uh, was your father in the hospital a long time after his accident? He was in a coma for five weeks, and then in rehab for six weeks. Did you? How old were you when that happened? I was four. Okay. Well, you're still pretty young. Were they yeah. preparing? I don't you? remember a ton of it, but um, they the hospital basically told my mom one day that you might want to go home and tell your children that they don't have a dad anymore because your your husband's brain dead. And then she's like, "Well, that's not happening because he's not brain dead." And to our, the doctor's surprise, he wasn't actually brain dead, and they don't know why. There's like whatever they do to check that they don't know why that came back as he was brain dead but he's back to work full time doing what he used to do um before his accident he just no longer has his own company he company he works for someone else now mm-hmm. but he's still doing what he loved to do so. wow that's amazing so i, I mean it's, fa- it's like he went from hey this guy's never waking up to like functioning in his life again yeah and they everything that they said he did the opposite so like they were they basically said you know he's never gonna learn like he's never gonna know how to be a master electrician again he's gonna have to learn you know basic like basic basic stuff um and yes he did have to learn how to like brush his teeth comb his hair walk um get dressed like do those basic things Mm -hmm. but then he had like job coach people come to the house and basically show him how to go on interviews and get hired and then go on jobs. And he was like, this is easy. I can do this. Wow. Um, 
and he's back working as a full-time master electrician. That's good money, by the way, for anybody listening. If you're, uh, <laughs> if you're growing up and don't know what to do, right, Maddie? Like, electricians get paid well. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, it's not helping me. I'm still working. I, I, <laughs> I know what's going on. Okay. Um, do you date? Not right now. You have in the past or you're open to dating? I'm trying to find out if what's going I, on with you stops you from wanting to interact with people like that. What do you mean? Well, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to learn about you. So I'm trying to find out if, you're, if your self-confidence is good. If you're, like, if the things that are up with you, diabetes, this disorder, etc., if these are things that hold you back and keep you private, or if you're still out. Nothing nothing really holds me back. I like showing off my pump. I always have, like, showing off my diabetes. Um, I'm, I'd like to say I'm a pretty confident person. Um, others may argue on that, but I think I'm confident. Because, I mean, I... At my school, um, in eighth grade, I did the talent show, and I played ukulele and I sang in front of about 2,000 people, wow. and not many people can say they did that. That's pretty... It's not, so like, not easy to stand up in front of that many people, is it? No, but it's what I enjoy for whatever reason. People think I'm crazy when I say I like to public speak, and I like to, you know, be, like, out there and open and do all, like, the things I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um people look at me like I have three heads like you actually enjoy public speaking you actually enjoy performing in front of people but I it's what I like to do and it's what I'm confident in that's excellent I feel the same way I don't speak in public as much as I used to but um there's something like wonderful about it like you walk into a room it's like this big room there's all these chairs set up and the first thing I think is Ooh, I, I hope I hope they all come in. Like I want I want as many people to come in as possible. I want a big, like lively crowd. And then you get up on stage and you think, I'm gonna try to say something that these people will enjoy, uh, that they'll find interesting, that'll be helpful to them. And then, you know, after that, I don't remember anything. I have such a good time doing it. Yeah. Is that how it felt for you? Yeah. And like um when so my I have a service dog. Obviously, because that's what this whole thing is Maddie, kind of about. Maddie, I'll decide um, what this whole thing's about, okay? But you, but yeah, I do want to talk about your surface dog. Yeah. How did you end but, up? Um, but with, she has a vest that actually flat out says diabetical dog. And I have countless people come up to me like, that's so cool. So my, you know, my cousin's type one or my daughter's type one or mm-hmm. my you know whoever's whoever they know is type one and they're like how can i get a service dog like they i think they need one and so i basically talked to them for 10 15 minutes just about like my experience and you know how i went about went about it and because you know service dogs aren't cheap yeah um they're pretty expensive for your average household um and so with medical costs on top of a service dog, that's nine times out of 10, not doable for most people. Sure. Um, so I actually, you know, I had a dog in front of me and I'm like, let's train it. Let's try. She's trying her potential. She's wicked smart. She's a poodle mix. So, and poodles are the second smartest dog in the world um, behind border collies. And so I like, let's just try this. Let's see where this goes. If it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And oh, well, but it worked. And yeah. That's amazing. You're just like, well, this is the dog we have. I'll give it a shot. 
Yeah. What led to that? Well, I meaning were you having we, trouble? Um, I not not like I was never hypoglycemic unaware, mm-hmm. but I mean, I eventually after getting high started to um for whatever reason I just started not recognizing blood sugars until they were like forty. Oh gosh, okay. like in the forties. Um, but like, but then other times I'm like. 70 like oh i feel like i'm dying so it's hit or miss whether i know if i'm low or not okay um after i trained her but um our so we have a german shepherd and when we got her within six months she just started alerting to my blood sugars like naturally we didn't know why um like why she just randomly one day woke up and started alerting my blood sugars but um she basically has she would never work as a service dog she is aggressive towards men like she will attack a man if they walk near her um because she was abused by a man when we got her Mm -hmm. so that it all makes sense um and she the way she alerts although you could shape the alert um meaning you can change the way that they alert um she just with her being aggressive towards men it wouldn't be worth training her to to shake the alert into something that wasn't pulling on your shirt and being obnoxious. Right. Um, and so then I had a dog when I was in fifth grade, he got out and was hit by a car in 2018. And shortly after that, I got my, my now service dog. She was just going to be a pet. She wasn't going to be anything fancy. Um, but she showed her potential. She, I basically from day one, we just did basic obedience and we built that for a year. Then December 26, 2018, um, or not 20, 2019, sorry, um, was just one year after I got her, I started scent training. And she picked it up really fast. By about late January, early February, she did her first live low blood sugar alert. Hmm. Tell me about the scent training. How does that go? So... I take saliva samples. So when I'm low, as long as I haven't eaten anything within 30 to 45 minutes, um, eating or drinking anything, even if, even if it was just water, I don't take a, a sample unless I haven't had anything in my mouth. Um, and so I will suck on a few pieces of like sterile gauze type of stuff mm-hmm. or paper towel that's never been opened. Um, I'll like open a new roll of paper towels and use that only for to take samples. I suck on it for like three to four minutes and I spit it in these little tiny bags and you can freeze them for three months. Um, they're good in the freezer for three months, good in the fridge for three days and good out of the fridge for three hours. So I use the three, three, three rule. And with, with those samples, you basically, so if you want your dog to alert to you under, if you're under 80, you start taking samples when you're like in the fifties or sixties. So that, that sounds really strong. Mm-hmm. And then you can build up until you get to that exact number that you want to reach. So mine is she alerts between or under 80 and above 180. I just find that's the best okay. like range for me. Right. And so you, it's kind of hard to explain without being like demonstrate, but you basically, I have these little tiny metal tins with holes in the top that my dad drilled out for me. And these tins have, um, I put the sample in. 
screw it on, hold up my hand. And then with that, I just, in the very, very beginning, I just had her smell it. The second she smelled it, I used a clicker, clicked and rewarded with a treat. And we built that up to her pawing me. And then eventually her using a thing called a bringsel, which is basically either just a paracord tab that hangs from her collar or a biothane tab. And when I'm low, she'll she'll paw me. I'll say hi low, and then that was a garbage truck. That's fun. <laughs> um, but she'll just grab the bringsel if I'm low, and that's how she can t- tell me the difference between high or low. Wow. So you could. Well, that's a lot. Uh, but I guess my first question is, where did you learn this? So there's, I've read um, the book called The Ping Project. Okay. I read that before I even got this before I got my current dog. Um, I read that when we had our when we had the German Shepherd that was alerting, but we didn't know what to we didn't know she was like that aggressive towards in the beginning mm-hmm. and that couldn't be trained out of her. Um and so with that, um I had like I love training dogs. I actually um train like do dog training on the side. Um and so I have basic dog training knowledge. And then I found this lovely organization called mddogs.org and it stands for medical detection dogs. And she has a free downloadable book or you can pay for the updated version um, through like Amazon or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she has step-by-step like steps one through like 20 something or whatever, however far it goes about, you know, every little little tiny steps of progressing from just smelling the tin to smelling and then giving a, an alert to the tin to then eventually getting away from the samples and doing live alerts to then going out in public and doing all that type of stuff. So she really breaks it down and that's what I followed. Um, and I just found that the easiest to understand. It was even more understandable than the pain project, which I thought at the time was really, really nice. Maddie, the pain, is it the pain project? P-A-I-N? The- the ping, P I N G, like the Got like it. the animus ping. Yeah. Got it. Now I understand. Sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, she so just like used Google to do this. You bought a dog, or you bought a book. You got a dog. You were looked at it. And you're like, this dog's smart. It'll be able to do it. You grabbed a book. You looked online. You found an organization. You took some direction, and it took you three months to train the dog to do this. It's well. For her to give the first alert, got was about three months for just scent work. Jeez. Um, but then once, but then you got to keep up on it and you got to reinforce that behavior. So, in total, from start to finish, between for just start to finish training wise, because training never really ends with that initial training. Mm-hmm. Um, to where I would say she graduated from the in training phase to a full fully trained service dog was about two to two and a half years. Um, from basic obedience day one when I got her to the time I felt confident that she was capable of being in public without the in-training patches. Gotcha. Does she ever approach another person whose blood sugar's off? Or is it- she has. Mm-hmm. Well, she's never like approached them, but she's alerted me to other people. One time I was in a restaurant and I saw someone with an insulin pump right in front of me, like one table in front. And she alerts me and I look I check because with with a dive bike doggy you should never go off your Dexcom number you should always do a finger prick um and that's because Dexcom cannot obviously be off um 
so you always want to double check with a finger prick. It was reading 130. So I'm like, okay, we'll check in 10 minutes. Maybe you're catching a rapid rise or rapid drop. I check again. I'm like, in the 120s or so. I'm like, okay, you're you're not right. Like, you're <laughs> there's something going on here. And then eventually the woman got up to leave, and I was like, hey, I just have a question. I see you're talking about that. Like, I am too. This is my dad, the alert dog. Um, is your blood sugar high or low? Because she's alerting me, and I think she's alerting to you. And she goes, oh my god, my blood sugar is just in the 60s. And I was like, that's so cool. My dog just alerted me to your blood sugar, even though wow. I had no idea that you were low. It's amazing. And that's really amazing. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing yeah, that you she- did it. It's amazing that it works. It's amazing that the dog does it with such consistency. Are there ever times yeah. where you're low and the dog just does not say anything to you or no? There has been a handful of times the past three three years that we've done um, that she's been doing scent work. Mm-hmm. Um but she has a 96% accuracy. Last time I checked, it was 96%, meaning she got 96 out of 100 alerts. Um, she missed two alerts, and she falsely alerted to two. Wow. That's pretty Which great. just means she alerted, but there was nothing wrong. How often does she... You're wearing a CGM, you said? Yep. I wear the Dexcom, and I also have the Tandem. Okay. So how often do you... Like, when she alerts you... Do you look at your gear and go, oh, yep, she's right. Like, she does she match the gear or is she ahead of it or how does that work? She's normally a little bit ahead of it if I'm low. Um, and if, like, if I'm already high and she's alerting again, I'm like, like, say, say, I'm like 200 and she alerts. So I'm like, oh, great. And then my Dexcom catches up and says that I'm 200 and she'll alert when like 30 minutes to an hour later. If I'm still high, she'll be like, figure your blood sugar out, get it done. I don't like the smell. Can you? Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Because to a dog, they don't love the smell of. They hate the smell of low blood sugar. Kind of what I've been told it smells like is um, like a strong acetone smell. Mm-hmm. Um, so they like to them they don't like that smell. So they basically like especially when I'm low, my dog would just keep alerting me because she like fix your fix your smell. You don't smell right. I don't like it. So she'll just keep telling me, okay. which is also leads me into why some dogs don't work out as Sabbath alert dogs is simply because they can't, they shy away from the smell. Um, I've heard cases of like dogs that are trying to train their dog to be a diabetic alert dog and it just flat out doesn't like the smell and hides away from the person that's low. So they understand the smells wrong, but instead of coming to you, they but just go away like, from it. Yeah. 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 Also, dogs could just not be capable, right? Like, my dog is stupid. He couldn't do it. I know for sure. Well, like, a lot of dogs, they might be able to, like, be like, oh, something's wrong, but not have the drive to tell you. Or, you know, there's countless things of why a dog might not work out as a dog. Mm -hmm. Every time Basil sits down, when his butt hits the floor, he turns over his shoulder very quickly, like he's astonished that something touched his butt. Every time. (laughs) I think his brain is the size of a walnut. So he definitely couldn't do this. I mean, he's surprised by his ass touching the floor when he sits down. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It actually happens. His butt hits the floor and he's like, what's that? (laughs) Jesus. It's your butt on the floor. Just like it was three seconds ago. Uh, Okay. So I I don't have the right dog for it. Um, Can you snooze them? Like, what if you have a high blood sugar? It's lasting hours. Is the dog just up your tugging on you and pawing you the entire time? 
in my experience, uh, I basically just had to train an all done command, which just means you've told me we're all done, no more treats, and you're not getting a reward. And then if you let me like an hour, so I'll give her a treat, I'll say all done. And so it's not consistent. Like she's constantly telling me for the two or three hours I could be high plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but she will re alert every couple, like every hour or so. Hmm. That's it's really insane. So the dog doesn't. I don't mean it this way, but the dog doesn't really care about you. It cares about the treat. It it, compa- it cares about completing the cycle, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She cares about. Oh, I smell this. I have to tell. I have to tell Maddie that I smell the smell. Right. She'll give me a treat, and then I can continue on with my life. So she's sort of like, "Ooh, the smell. Lady has the food," and then she yeah. beats you up until you give her the food, and that's it. Oh, wow. That makes sense. I don't know what I was expecting, uh, but but that totally makes sense. What's that word when you give animals human features in your mind? Hold on, Anna. I'm gonna think of it. You, you don't. You're obviously you don't know. So hold on, because you're just like there's a lot of dead space. Okay, so animal. I'm gonna get this. Like. It's like you project human feelings onto animals. There's a word for it when people do it. There is a word, and I used it yesterday. Animomorph. Oh, damn it. Um, I don't know. I'm going to get it. My Google food was... I, I got it back. I just... Like I said, I'm sick. I have it. Anthromorph... Anthro... Jesus. Anthro... Homorphism is defined as the tendency to attribute human forms and behaviors and emotions to non-human animals or objects. It's it's particularly relevant for companion animals. Some practices can be beneficial, while others can be. That, that doesn't matter. So it's basically like when someone says, you know, oh, the dog misses me, or I can tell the, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff. Like you you give human traits to the way your dog's acting. Like I, I, you know, people, you ever hear people say my dog is spiteful? You ever hear, Not really. Yeah, Cause you're a nice person. That's why. But like, there, there are some people who think like, Oh, the dog peed on the floor. It's, it's out of spite. He's mad at me. Mm. I'm like, that's the dog's not the dog's. I don't think the dog that's has your the, issue. Not the dog's yeah, issue. Yeah. The dog doesn't have the, 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 the brain power to be angry at you. I don't even think it could process anger. Like, what do you, talk, I mean, but, there are some breeds that are more prone to, like holding grudges against certain things so there's there's actually like when you're what like when you're looking at a say a puppy to become a service like you do a think like you can do a temperament test and one of the things in the test is seeing if they will um like if they'll hold a grudge against you if you like cause them slight discomfort mm-hmm. um so it's the whole test is like 10 different like elements and basically just want a dog that scores mostly threes and fours um it's called the volhard puppy test and that's just a test to see what the ultimate like temperament should be of this dog mm-hmm. and it should be performed at seven weeks but you can like that's when you'll get the best results but obviously if you don't have a dog like if you don't have a breeder for a dog and when the dog is seven weeks old obviously you can't right. do that test yeah but 
Oh, I'm not saying that dogs don't have different temperaments. I'm saying that your dog is not looking at you right now planning your demise. You know, yeah. like, like when when yeah. when Arden says to me, how do you think Basil feels right now? I'm like, I, I don't think he feels like anything. You know, like, what do you think Basil's thinking? I'm like, I think he's thinking pant, 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 pant. There's the tall thing that brings food. You, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't think he's having any, like, deep philosophical conversations yeah. with himself. That's all. Um like like when it rains, here's one that's funny for you. When it rains, Basil won't won't defecate on the grass. So he does it on our driveway or a sidewalk. That's just you know what he does. Yeah. But there are people who would look at that and say the dog's being defiant or something like that. Like he just doesn't like the wet grass poking his butthole, Maddie. That's all yeah. this really is. Yeah, trust me. Uh, I've watched it closely. Anyway, all right, so your dog is amazing. You trained him, her, excuse me. Have you, have, do you have any idea for if this animal came to you pre-trained from a company, how much that would have cost you? Probably, well, each, each company does it a little, like, prices their dogs a little differently. But MD Dogs, because um, they also um, produce static dogs. Um, but just one woman doing it. So there's, she goes like a dog or two every year. Um, but she prices it out at around 18000 Oh. Um, yeah. I've seen like different organizations price them out upwards of 25000 So it's a lot. And that's why a lot of people own and train, but some people just aren't, you know, capable. They don't have the knowledge or they don't have you know, what resources to train it themselves. And then they're stuck in this position of, I really need this. I really need that bugler dog, but I can't, you know, I can't give 25 or upwards of $25,000 for a dog. And so, um, you know, that's where people like me come into play where I want to start a business training guy bugler dogs for as little as possible. You'd like to do that as a business. Yeah. Like as a full-time career. Is that reasonable to do? Do you think? You think you could make a living at it? I mean, I how I would go about it is I would start as like training all types of dogs, kind of like what I'm doing now on the, but I'm doing on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would love to eventually, you know, open up a storefront and train dogs, like uh, for anything, for like basic beans and stuff, and then do like dive out dogs on the side. Wow. Hey, for tax purposes, may I suggest working out of your home? I think it would be better. Yeah. 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 Um, but we have four dogs, so that's a little difficult. Oh my God. You have four dogs. Yeah. I have two and, uh, everyone in the house is sick right now, Maddie. Like I'm somehow the least sick of the three of us that are here. Yeah. And I got up the other morning and had to go let the dogs out. It was time to let the dogs out. And I said to my wife, well, here's a decision we made 15 years ago coming back to bite me in the ass because <laughs> I was so sick. And the last thing I wanted to do was get up. I was just like, I want it. I need to lay here, but I have to go downstairs and, and take care of the dogs. So I did because yeah. I'm a good person, Maddie. But <laughs> but I, I, I actually found myself thinking, I, 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 I wish at this moment I didn't have a dog. I was so sick. Anyway, I feel better now. Although talking to you is making me warm because... I don't know if anybody else has had this yet, but I woke up this morning and I was like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm back to good. This is perfect. Head's clear. Chest is clear. I'm good to go. I'm going to talk to Maddie, blah, blah, blah. I walk downstairs to make myself a cup of tea because I don't want my throat to get scratchy while I'm doing this. 
and the, yeah. the process of like warming the tea, I'm like, uh oh, I'm feverish. <laughs> it's like it just like, came right back. And then the other day I was recording something for a company. So it's on the schedule and I couldn't move it. And I sat down and I was like, look, don't anyone be scared. There's a blanket next to me. You might see me wrap it around myself during this, but don't worry. Like it won't come through on the recording. And instead, sweating like a fire hose while they were talking. Like, I look like I was kicking meth or heroin, Maddie. Okay. Like they must've been like, who did we hire for this thing? Because I was sweating like in sheets of water. And I thought for sure I was going to be freezing while I did. It's just, it's, it's so crazy the way it goes back and forth. I I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, What made you feel like I need a diabetic alert talk? There's, that's a difficult question. There's not like one thing that I was like, this is like, this is what I need. Um, but I would say, you know, having really, really like dangerous, like under 20 low blood sugars, like below 20, um, as the blood sugar. And that happened and, to you? How frequently? Um, it happened probably two times in the year before I decided, like, like within the year that I had my dog, um, before I decided to do scent training and make her into a diabetic like dog. Gotcha. Um, I remember the one that stands out to me the most is I was in the car. I felt fine. I was about to eat, like, a really sugary cookie. Like, I might as well just double check to make sure my neck sounds right before I give too much insulin. And I check, and we're driving my mom's driving home and I look and it says low I'm like oh that's not good Mm. so I just start downing juice in this cookie and I'm like well this is let's help I survive this because I don't feel low but I'm under 20 my next time's reading like 80 something Uh, but you know I fully trust my meter over the next one because at the time it's a g5 Mm -hmm. and I'm like I I I don't want to go off. Like I'm treating this. I'm not sure. No, hundred percent. Yeah, I definitely would. And too. then one time, um, like right when I started doing the scent training, or maybe like the month before, um, I was like just looking into like the the like the likelihood of this working out. Um, I was just sitting in the living room, not thinking of anything of it, and I felt low but not like as that low i thought maybe i was like in the 60s i was 32 oh, wow. and i was like this isn't good like and i had like a lot of insulin on board i'm like this is not fun and i feel like i'm dying and so i was like let's just try to train her as a diabetic dog it would save it save she saved my life more times than i can count mm-hmm. um there's been a lot of lows that i she alerts to i treat and i just end up lower um, so I'm very thankful that she was there to catch it before it got too dangerous. Yeah. And it, like, you know, and I had to l- use like glucagon or something. Um, and so, and then there's also times before I got her where I was in DK, I was in DK three times, um, my whole life. I was never in DK at diagnosis, but then in 2015, December, 2015, January, 2016, I was in the hospital twice with DK three times. Maddie, are you using control IQ? from tandem or just yes. you are and so yes. today modern time like not going back in your life but right now yeah does your blood sugar bounce around like that still yeah 
it does. Um, especially because I just started this my current job as a dog groomer, so I'm still getting used to how to manage, um, like how to figure out my exact ratios for like basil and carbs and stuff while at work. Because mm-hmm. it's way more physically demanding than I'm used to. Um, so like I've been having a lot more loads lately. Yeah. But, um, like there was never really a time in my life where, like, from now till like from probably three or four years ago till now, where my blood sugars have been perfectly like not perfect, but like stable or than they are now. Like so, there's never been a time where they're stable, and I don't have to, like worry too much. Like control like, he just never really worked that well for me. Mm. Maddie, can we talk about this for a minute? Are you okay with that? Yeah. Okay. Um. Uh, can I ask how much you weigh? 130. Okay. Can I ask what your basil is? Um, it fluctuates by the hour, but I can look. Like right now, it's increased. Let me go see because the control key is working. But, yeah, but normally, in settings. Yeah. Normally, like right now, it would normally be 1.1. Okay. And but then what, it can go. It goes up to like one point three, depending on the hour, and down to point nine. Yeah, nothing. That that's fine. Um, yeah. Uh, but 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 your insulin to carb ratio. One to nine all day. One to nine. What's your correction factor? Um, one to fifty most of the time, except for overnight when it's one to forty. That's pretty aggressive. Okay. Um. And overnight, you don't have stability? Overnight's the only time I'm somewhat stable. Um, oftentimes, I wake up low. I'll go to bed. My lunch will be, like, in the 200s, and I'll wake up in, like, the 60s. Are lows most of your issue? And Highs I, are more of my issue. Highs but after food? Then when I correct it, then I go low. Highs after food, though? Um. If I'm getting the full dose, then I go low. If I don't give the full dose for the food, like if I take, say, half a unit off, then I am stable or, like, I don't go too high and I don't go low. Mm-hmm. But then if I, you know, gas on food, then I'm always high after. What would you say? Uh, give me give me some examples of, of, like, average meals you have during the course of a week. Well, so I don't eat fruit vegetables or meat so i eat a lot of like carbs so pastas like peanut butter sandwiches mm-hmm. more pastas like mac and cheese mm-hmm. uh, we figured out the problem we figured out the problem maddie all right hold on a second yeah. those are hard things to bowl us for yeah are these pastas you buy at home or in a store or uh, in, a, in a restaurant i make at home okay and same with the sandwiches and stuff like that? Yeah. Can I make tiny suggestions for you that might make this easier? I mean, you can. I'm not going to tell you to eat I'm differently, Maddie. I'm not going to stop you. You're 18, <laughs> and I'm not going to be like, you know what, Maddie? You should have some quinoa. I'm not going to say that because <laughs> I don't think either of us know what it is. But uh, little things. When you go to the grocery store and you buy pasta, yeah, look for a brand by a company called Dream Fields. Okay. Okay. Uh, it took me a little while to, to find Dreamfields pasta. It impacts Arden's blood sugar significantly less than other store-bought pasta. And she went off to college, and I saw her with a plate of, like, bow tie pasta the other day. It crushed, yeah. it. It crushed her. 
because the pasta she was used to eating uh, was had less glycemic impact. Same thing for your bread. When you buy bread, make sure it doesn't have high fructose corn syrup in it. Like get a okay. get a bread that says no high fructose corn syrup. These are like little okay. things you can do to make your your eating style more manageable. Because yeah. what it sounds like is happening is that you're well, let me ask a question before I say what it sounds like is happening. What happens when you just eat like a regular, not super carby thing? It must happen once in a while, right? Does your insulin to carb ratio work pretty well then? Well, I never eat like not high carb count. Uh, We've so never, I can't never broke off a salad, just a salad for one day or a bowl of soup. I don't eat vegetables because they touch dirt. No, because so I have this thing called ARFID. Wait, wait, avoidant hold on. restrictive food. What is it called? Avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. Oh, hold on. So it's a type of eating disorder, basically. How long have you had that? Since I was two. How does it present when you're two? Extreme. Picky eating to the extreme. Say that again. I didn't hear you. Picky eating to the extreme. Picky eating. Avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. ARFID. Correct. ARFID. Yes. It's a fun name. ARFID. You should name the dog ARFID. That would have been hilarious. No, never mind. (laughs) Hold on a second. Um, People with autism spectrum conditions are more likely to develop ARFID as are those with ADHD and dis- other disabilities. Do you have ADHD? Yes. Ah, because you don't have intellectual disabilities because you figured out how to train that frequent service dog with the, with the internet. That's amazing. <laughs> um, when children don't outgrow picky eating. Okay, so there's a significant amount of foods you're just not up for. So yeah. no thank you. So then that's fine. But let's try to find the healthiest versions of the carby food. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And so like I'm saying, simple steps, no high fructose corn syrup in your food. Um, it, uh, places it hides where you wouldn't expect it is, is bread, pasta, things like that. Dream fields pasta. If you eat a lot of pasta, try that brand. It's a black box. I'm going to find it for you. Cause it's going to make a big difference for you. I believe. Hold okay. on a second. Hold on. Dreamfields Pasta. I'm trying to get the box up a picture so I can describe it to you. It's like a black box. It has this like little circle logo that says Dreamfields in it. And there's like some wheat inside of the circle. Um, okay. Yeah. And there's some red in the box too. Like a red stripe. I'm telling you, if you eat that much pasta, switch to this brand. Okay. There's also a way to cook pasta, cool it. And reheat it where it, yeah, I've heard it, of that. it doesn't impact your blood sugar the same way. So a little bit of prep work, if you can't find the dream fields, might help as well. Um, okay. But that's it. Like, just try to get healthier versions of the carby food, if you can. Just with as yeah. little um, processed crap in it. And, but the, fr- the high fructose sh- corn syrup is a big piece of it. Um, because, okay. because now that we've talked about that, like what it seems like to me. Because your basil can't be, I don't think your basil's bad, right? So if yeah. you're bouncing around all the time, then what I'm imagining is happening is you're counting carbs, but the are you pre-bolusing? I do most of the time. 
when you don't, you definitely spike, right? Typically, sometimes I don't. Like it's it's weird. Like that's weird how it all works. Like sometimes I like bolus as I'm eating or right after, and then I don't go up like hardly at all. Hmm. Is that? I, I wonder if that would be after like long periods of work where you're working hard, like a lot of activity maybe, or something like that. Like try to look mm-hmm. at that. Like sometimes, like am I getting? Yeah. Like, is my insulin seem like it's working better after a long day of work than it would if I was sitting around all day? That kind of an idea. Yeah. That might help you a little bit too, because you're, you're putting in, I mean, you're covering the carbs the way you want with one to nine. One to nine is not a, like, I don't know what your carb ratio should be. You understand, but one to nine is not crazy. It's, you know, it's a little aggressive, Um, but you're also a girl. You get a period, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's all that going on. That's a lot of hormonal impact. Your correction factor. What happens if you made that correction factor? I mean, one to forty is pretty aggressive. One to fifty is too, but that's where Arden's is. So it's not crazy. Are you having Maddie? Can I ask you if like your periods are normal and stuff? Do you have any weird hormonal stuff going on? Not that I know. Acne can't get rid of. Not really. No, not really. Okay. Um. Sorry, I didn't mean to ask you about that. But if you were having something, there's ways to to try to get ahead of that because it could be causing you to use more insulin um, because of that. But it doesn't sound like you're having an issue with that. Does your whole system work well? Like, does the food go in and come back out every day? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's good. So you have good digestion. Um, yeah, I think there's, I think you could probably make a big impact by just doing what we said about the food. Yeah. Give it a shot. See what happens. Okay. If you do it, would you let me know? Yeah. Yeah, you would? Like, just send me an email and be like, hey, I started using Dreamfields Pasta and my life is better or something like that? Yeah, I can do that. All right. Do you know about bolusing for fat and protein? No. Okay, so you're not eating... Well, you're probably eating fat, though, right? The pasta has, like, sauce on it? Not normally. No. Just the butter or dry? Just butter and salt. Butter and salt. Okay. I have a high salt diet because I pass out without, like, because I need a higher blood pressure so I don't pass out so often. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. So, so you need more salt. Yeah. Everybody yeah. else is trying to avoid it. You're the lucky one that gets to have more. Yeah. My cardiologist is like, you need extra salt. You know how many people, okay. you know how many people are, finally, Maddie, a medical thing of yours that other people are jealous of. They're like, oh, I wish yeah. I had, I'd love to put more salt on my food. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's obviously, it's a lot. Do you help? Do you get help from other people with your medical stuff? Or are you on your own a little bit? My mom's my biggest support. Um, she has helped me since day one of diagnosis. Um, and I'm not in college, so I live at home mm-hmm. with her. So um, I'm not really, like, completely just on my own. Yes, I'm, like, very independent, and like, I make my own doctor appointments, like, calling like prescriptions and stuff but um you're calling to have them refilled but then it's like she still helps me when i need it okay so tell me what you don't eat again fruit vegetables or meat of any kind uh when you say vegetables does that include french fries or do they get past that that rule it can only be mcdonald's french fries so do those happen fairly frequently not that frequently. Okay. Maybe like a couple times a month. Okay. So how about deep fried things? Do you have a lot of deep fried stuff? Mozzarella sticks. 
Mm-hmm. Do you notice? A, and that's about it. Do you notice a spike that is hard to control after mozzarella sticks? No, actually, no, you don't. Um, I mean, I like, I don't have like I. I make them in the oven, so mm-hmm. I don't know if that changes anything. But um, I never noticed that I go like I spike more than normal with well it, the oven is the key factor if you're not deep frying yeah. if you're not deep frying them then you wouldn't see a fat rise later Pe- oh okay a lot of pizza not not like a ton no. i mean maybe like not it's for like special occasions i'm just like randomly mm-hmm. here or there throughout the year it's interesting um Okay, well, I, I mean, just starting with, like, trying to cut high fructose corn syrup out and switching to a pasta that would be easier on you. I'd love to hear what happens. Be careful yeah. because, you know, the first couple of times, you may not need as much insulin as you've been needing. I don't want to see you get really low afterwards. Yeah. All right. You know, Maddie, you have to go to work, so I feel let you go. Yeah. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry about that, but this is your, – your life is fascinating. I'm sure not Thank to you. you. Well, to you, you're probably like, oh, it's a lot of pain, but a pain in the ass, <laughs> right? But I'm, I'm really. There's a lot here that's that's incredibly interesting. You're doing. How do you feel like you're doing? I guess. I mean, I feel like this has been my best year with like medical stuff, medical wise, um, and just like personal life wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, like my A1C is the lowest. It's ever been since diagnosis my doctors kind of well my old doctors kind of neglected me for a long time my A1C was unreadable for years like off the chart unreadable for years and then they just said well you must be doing something wrong and then uh, they looked my pump and be like well you're not you're following everything like we told you to do but we don't know what's wrong so we're not gonna fix it mm. so then I went to a doctor that's about an hour and a half two hours away that I had to go to every three months and they the, literally the first appointment to second appointment my AMC dropped and was actually readable so that was great wow that's amazing but what what was it when they when you got it down low enough to be read um i believe it went from unreadable to like 12 or 11 point something 11 or 12 point something that's amazing and that was just the last one that you got no that was a couple years ago a couple years ago the what? last one i got was 7.1 Oh my gosh. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's, yeah. That's amazing. Now well, we just like, I don't this... feel like I've done anything different. Well, but then it was way lower. So I'm like, oh, clearly I'm doing something right. Yeah, you definitely are. I, I think um, I think your next step is just to try to get rid of the lows, like the, the variability. You don't want to be bouncing around. As yeah. Much. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Maddie, I know you don't have a ton of time to listen to the podcast, but would you listen to just like there's a pro tip series that might help you with your insulin? Would you be interested in that? Yeah. All right. I'm going to, um, do you want me to send you a list? Cause you're not in the Facebook group, are you? I am in the Facebook group. Oh, you are. Oh, hold on a second. Yeah. I didn't know that. Not under this name that I'm looking at now though. No. Okay. See, hold on a second. I can figure things out. I'm smart. I private message the, the, Gold with insulin Facebook page so, Monday or Sunday. So, Sunday. So you're in the private group. Yes. Well, I'll just block it out. What's your name in the group? I won't let anybody hear it. Beep. I'm just kidding. I cut it out. Okay. I got you.
you're not on Omnipod anymore, right? No, I was from March of 2020 to September 2021. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to... I'll find a way to get you this this list of, of episodes that I think might help you like manage your insulin differently. And yeah. That, and I think that'd be a big deal for you. I, I think if you yeah. could stop the bouncing around, that'd be pretty amazing. Okay. All right. Well, if, and don't feel any pressure. I just, I'm happy to share it with you. And if it helps you, I, I you know, I'm happy that it helps. Um, yeah. I appreciate you doing this with me. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to? Um, yeah, actually. Um, just for like, in the U.S. for diabetic alert dogs and service dogs in general, there is no certification. I just want to put that out there because a lot of people, like businesses especially, are like, well, where's your, where's her papers? I'm like, well, there is none because we're in the United States. And that's not, a, that's, first of all, that's not even a question that they're legally allowed to ask. But also, that's not a thing that's, like, the legit thing that's actually, well, websites will try to scan you out, like scan you for your money and give you this certificate that means literally nothing. It holds no legal anything. Okay. Um, and so the only two questions the business is allowed to ask is, is that a service are required by a disability and what task or tasks does it change to perform? Does that mean that the people who are training them are not regulated at all? Correct. Okay. There is what there's one type of business certification or whatever that you can get that basically is whatever is like what can regulate the the this like the whatever my brain's not working no, I understand <laughs> um, what you mean. but it just kind of like regulates the the field i guess okay but i don't recall what it's called it's like something with an a it's like three letters that stand for something but it's basically just to set some sort of standard um and it's kind of rule like it kind of like goes through and if a company doesn't have it then they might be more like a, they might try scamming out of your money versus a company that does have it and they've been like background checked and they they're a legit place okay thank you i don't want people getting ripped off because they could get the idea yeah. they could get the idea that there's a better dog somewhere than another dog yeah. And the truth is the dogs either can do the job or they can't. Yeah. Okay. All right. I understand. I just sent you the list through the messenger. So you have it. Okay. All right. It's only like, I don't, mm-hmm. know, I don't know how many episodes this. There's a lot of them, but you have, you know, you can find a little time to listen. You'll be all right. Uh, yeah. I really appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. This was wonderful. You know, my only regret about this is, you. do you know what it is? What? I can't call the episode mostly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. You have the greatest last name, Maddie. Seriously. Thanks. Yes. I, I swear to you. I think it's fantastic. You Do you hate it? Yeah. I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, is it your... My mom, tried to get my, my mom tried to get my father to change his last name before they got married. Yeah. I bet you. And he didn't... He wasn't up for that? Well, he was like, well, my mom wouldn't like that. My mom was like, well, your mother wouldn't have to know. <laughs> No, and then he not, never did. And then he never did. It's a. Uh, it is a. It's a different name. I, I. I listen. I don't have to live with it. I think it's amazing. So all right. Yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Hold on one second for me. Hey, first of all, a huge thanks to Maddie. Eighteen years old. She did such a good job today on the show. She's terrific, and I thank her. 
I also want to thank US Med, remind you to go to usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check. And don't forget the private Facebook group, Juice Box Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. Go check it out. It's really, it's terrific, honestly. I, I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast.